It's a time of great victory. Your past does not have to dictate your future. We are on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. God's got something better for you. Storms. Wow. I don't know if we had storms, plural. We had a storm. And, uh, you know, when I lived in Oklahoma, if there was a tornado, it was something that you talked about the rest of your life because we might see one in our lifetime. Now, in Kansas, they might have a few more, you know. Um, but down here, how many tornadoes went off just during this storm? I mean, I thought my phone was just going to, you know, here was an alarm. And tornado in your area, tornado in your area, just many, many tornadoes coming, flash flood warnings. And uh, many people said, I didn't even know what a flash flood was. Well, now you know. <laughs> Uh, although in some regions it's worse because, I mean, it just comes and it's devastating. Storms, most of the time without warning. We had a warning on this, but, you know, it was a little bit subtle. How many of you, you know, as we saw uh, Harvey coming in, it's like, okay, well, that's, n that's no big deal, and it's down there. And, you know, we'd get these warnings, and we get these projections, and sometimes we hear them. But a lot of times, uh, even uh, when it happens, we're stunned. I don't know about you, but I was very stunned. We've lived in the house we're in for 23 years and have never seen the street flooded out in front of us. The ditches have been full, but never seen the street flooded. Seen Alvin flooded, seen where, you know, you couldn't cross at Johnson or Callaway and various things like that. We drive and come and check on it. And when I opened my door and it was completely flooded, I thought, whoa, something's different here. What's going on? And uh, just, just a different aspect of this flood. So things like that happen. And, you know, there's a parallel with the storms of life. A lot of times, you know, we hear about them. And, and somebody going through a challenge, a difficulty, maybe with the, a child or a loved one that's sick or someone that lost their job or a divorce, a, a shattered marriage or something that happened, a storm that has come in their life. And we see it and we hear about it, but it's there, you know. We just kind of, it's there and it passes by. Uh, it hasn't come to us. But, you know, People, the thing about storms is they impact us all. They will come. I want to talk to you today about the storms of life. If you'll open your Bible to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 8. Matthew, chapter 8. And if I have a little bit of a limp, excuse me, I've had an ongoing ankle that I keep twisting. And uh, mud and trash and holes haven't helped any. <laughs> hasn't helped any at all either. But um, I about fell out of the sound booth a while ago, and that hurt as bad. As bad. Matthew chapter 8, and verse 24. When you're there, say amen. Wow, y'all are pretty quick. Matthew chapter 8, verse 24. Say, without warning. Without warning. So just think about that for a second. You're just cruising along. You've been with Jesus, and you've seen him uh, heal people, and you've seen miracles happen. And he even uh, talked to a centurion who Jesus just spoke the word, and, and his servant was healed. And Jesus said, greater faith I haven't seen in all of Israel. And all these things happening, you're with Jesus. And he says, you know, we need to go to the other side of the lake, okay? And so you get in the boat, and Jesus is in your boat. And he just lays down. You know, as we read this story, I want you to just think about something. Many times in the Bible, we read about Jesus, and he, he prayed all night. 
and he was there and such and such, and all night long he prayed. And this and that, I've never seen anywhere in the Bible that talks about Jesus sleeping, except one place. Only one place is it mentioned that he was sleeping and he got in trouble for it. <laughs> or they got mad at him for it. You know, give the guy a break. <laughs> He's tired, you know. But he, he falls asleep here and uh, the disciples are just, you know, they're overwhelmed. So let's read together. Matthew chapter 8, verse 24, uh, reading from the New International Version, it says, Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake. Not just a regular storm, not any kind of storm, but a furious storm. Let me remind you that these men that were in this boat were professionals. They were professional fishermen. They were raised on this lake. They'd been out on this lake. They'd been through many storms, okay? So these guys knew the water. They weren't afraid of this stuff. They, this was their job, but something was so bad that it got their attention. It says this was a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The waves swept over the boat. You know, I heard one person say, you know, it's not so bad. It's not the boat in the water. It's the water in the boat that makes you nervous. You know what I'm saying? How many of you go out on the, the you know, in, in, the, in the water? You maybe have a boat or you have a friend that has a boat. It's better to have a friend that has a boat, right? You know what a boat is, right? It's a hole in the water to throw money into. Yeah, that, that's what. I was raised on the lake, and there's always an expense with boats. But uh, it, said, it says here that this was a furious storm, and it was so bad that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. <laughs> I mean, they were nervous. They went over and woke him up. I don't know about you, but there's been times when I feel like that I haven't had much sleep and, and just all of a sudden just kind of just doze off, you know, and it felt so good. And all of a sudden somebody come in and wake you up for some useless reason, you know, some reason that's really like, you know, what, what? Are you serious? Handle it. You know what I'm talking about? Y'all don't get that tired? <laughs> you know, it's like, give me a break. I don't get a chance to catch a nap every once in a while. Are you really serious with this problem? I got to handle it. And that's kind of what I think the attitude that Jesus had. He finally got a chance to sleep because he knew he got on the other side of this lake, he was going to confront a demon-possessed man. It was going to be a real challenge that he had to uh, demonstrate to his disciples and, get, and show them some very valuable lessons. He was tired from ministering all day long. The only time he was going to get a chance to catch a little break and get a little rest was on the boat ride over. And so it says the disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then, everybody say then. So everybody thinks, a lot of times, and I've read people in commentaries on this, and they said, you know, Jesus rebuked the storm, and then he rebuked the disciples. No, he didn't. He rebuked the disciples, then he rebuked the storm. He wasn't worried about the storm. But I think he was so frustrated when they woke him up that not only did he rebuke them, he just said, you know, Peace be still. <laughs> we get some rest around here, you know. So it says that, uh, he says, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up, rebuked the winds and the waves, uh, and it was completely calm. Then the men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Now, I think they were talking. I think Jesus went back and laid down and finished the boat ride to the other side. I really do. Uh, so, you know, uh, 
Tell somebody our desperation, or our desperation is God's opportunity. Look at somebody and tell them our desperation is God's opportunity. Our desperation is God's opportunity. Think about it for a second. Our desperation is God's opportunity. God doesn't move until nothing else works. If something else worked, then we would give credit to that and overlook God, right? So, you know, God doesn't even get up off his throne unless it's impossible, you know? I mean, he makes the impossible possible in the impossible times. It's not even worth his time to to even budge unless it's completely declared impossible. That's when he moves. Okay, now it's time to go to work. When everything else fails, then that's where God steps up because then there's no doubt that God did it. So uh, Jesus re- rebukes them. He says, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? He, then he calms the storm. He didn't really rebuke the storm. He calmed the storm, I think. And they were amazed and they said, man, what kind of man is this? Well, they should have known. They've been watching. Uh, they've been seeing miracles, one miracle after another. And he speaks to the, the winds and the waves and they obey him. And, um, you know, have, have you ever noticed this, that it's when uh, we're at our wit's end that we most often see God go to work in our lives. When we don't know what else to do, it's, that's, when we, that's when we usually see God go to work. So here's the thing. When we get to that point, we have this opportunity to either trust God or go crazy. <laughs> I mean, completely be, be fearful and give up. That's where we are. I mean, you have two opportunities. Either throw up your hands and like say, you know, whatever, and either trust something else or just give up or turn to God and trust him. One person said, when you get to the end of your rope, just tie a knot and trust God. (laughs) Tie a knot and trust God. Um, The problem is that uh, before God begins to deal with our situation, he wants to deal with us because situations and circumstances, they're, they're no big deal for God, right? I mean, those things happen, but we are a complex piece of equipment. And so really before God goes to work on on the situation around us, he wants to work on us. Um, He wants to deal with us first. He wants to, uh, you know, we're always saying, God, fix my complication, fix my problem, fix my situation. And he wants to form our character. We want him to change something. And he says, how about I change you? Have you ever noticed maybe at, at different seasons in your life, that you might go back, you might face a problem that you faced in a different season in your life, but you look at it completely different, and it's like, that's amazing. Why was I so upset about that? Why, or, or why that's overwhelmed me? Because you have a different perspective. Maybe something's happened in your life, and you've changed. It's amazing when we change how it seems like everybody else changes, right? It's like people trying to find happiness. They look everywhere and they get so frustrated because, you know, every person that they try to to look to to provide happiness, they get frustrated with them. Every situation that they look to to provide happiness for them, then they're disappointed. You buy this and it, it, something happens to it. You know, you buy a new car, somebody opens their door against it, you know, all this stuff. And you think it's going to provide happiness, but in the sense, it never does provide happiness. And so what we're back to, what we come back to, the point is that the only person that can make you happy is you. The only person that can make you happy is you. And the, the whole point of that is, is you just have to decide to be happy. Because if you wait for something to come along to make you happy, you've got a long wait. <laughs> So some of you really need to 
just decide you're going to be happy. It make the rest of us a lot happier too, you know. So make our happiness a lot easier, you know. Um, you've heard me say this before, you know, there's some people you love to see them come and there's some people you love to see them go, right? Um, but so Jesus, you know, he was so frustrated here in this situation. And what was it that he was frustrated about? Their lack of faith. Their lack of faith. That was part of it, but what ties in with faith? When faith is low, what's high? Fear. Because fear is the opposite of faith. Some people spell fear with the acrostic. Let's see if I can do this. If I was dyslexic, I would have no problem. You know, fear. False evidences appearing. R's get a little tough going backwards. False evidences appearing real. False evidences appearing real. Satan brings certain things, makes them... He sells them to us to where we think that's reality. And so then fear comes because we're looking to that thing that that's reality and this is the problem. And now then what am I going to do? Because we've drifted over here and we've drifted away from God. But it doesn't matter what reality is, right? We can consider reality and then and reject it and say, I think I'll just allow God to create another reality. Do you believe that? Absolutely. God can speak into our chaos, into our darkness, and he can declare light, and he can shatter the darkness and the chaos, and he can create another reality in our lives. Somebody ought to praise the Lord for that. Hallelujah. So before God begins to deal with our situation, he wants to deal with us. What an interesting time we've come through the last couple of weeks. We've seen a nation that has mixed emotions and news people saying that the tension was as high as back in the Civil War and, and all kinds of stuff and that this nation was, was going to have another Civil War again right now and all this crazy stuff. And uh, then we have this awesome appearing of a total solar eclipse across just our nation and seeing how it aligns with the Word of God and Amos talking about, you know, from sea to sea and people running around with a famine of the Word and what it produces. And when there's a lack of Word, the Word in our lives, you know, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing from the Word. So if, if faith is a product of the Word, then when there's little faith, there's going to be a lot of fear, and when there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of aggression. I have a, uh, still have a German Shepherd puppy that's 11 months old. And what I've noticed is, is that, man, when she gets uh, afraid, she goes, man, and the hair on the back of her neck and down her spine just shoots straight up. And she goes, I mean, she's got a vicious bark. And she just goes on the attack. When she gets afraid, she just gets a real aggressive right at first. And I thought, oh, that's amazing. So fear brings about aggression. We've got a lot of fear in this country because of unknowns or whatever. Really, it's there because a lack of the Word of God. And that fear brings out aggression towards our unknown. And we're going to launch out at other people from leadership to neighbors to everything else. And that's ridiculous. And, you know, God can just step back and say, hmm, well, let me just show you a couple of things. What he can do with nature. People wonder about the end times coming and different things and all these uh, apocalyptic events. You know, this, this thing here they're saying now this was like 
the worst flood in 800 years. Like, how do you know that? <laughs> how do you know that? Who was here 800 years ago that wrote that down? Oh, gonna, this is, you know, how do you know that? But anyway, I guess, anyway, they're guesstimations. And now they're saying, you know, maybe 1,000 years or whatever. But th- this is, and I'm saying, you know, this is as bad as it gets. I can handle that, you know? You know, I just need, I know exactly how far up to move stuff up this time, <laughs> right? And so uh, I guess it hadn't been out in our neighborhood since Claudette. Was it Claudette that came in in 79? That's the last time it hit Chocolate Bio, darling. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, we can start to predict things, but, you know, this is as bad as it gets. God just has a tendency. He can just say, well, let me just show you something. Let me just bring this hand back for just, or let me just raise that little pinky just one second. Okay, see all those bios coming together? You know, that's what could happen if, you know, what's going to happen when God just steps, really steps back? Romans chapter 1, it talks about when God gave up. And it says he gave them up to their reprobate mind. It talks about, you know, that early flood when God just said, you know, when, when man began to do his own thing and reject God and all of his ways, and God said, fine. Just go about your old bad self. And he just stepped back and gave up on man and said, you gave up on me, so go ahead. And boy, look what happened. People, this is nothing. This is nothing. I mean, you know, what if, what if something triggered, we talked about it, that solar eclipse coming across the major fault lines just across America. What if one or two of those went off and you have everything west of I-5 on the west coast? Anybody ever been up I-5? Anybody, when I say I-5, you know what I'm talking about? Got some Californians. That's a major highway. How many miles do you think that is from I-5 to the coast? Would you, 60 miles. So a little chunk about 60 miles wide and however long just drop off into the ocean. They the you know those pe- the people that know about these 800 year floods and stuff you know they said it's not a matter of uh, if it's a, just a matter of when and then the uh, you know this fault line that comes right across the Mississippi River and the Ohio River and and they say it's going to split from the Great Lakes all the way down the Mississippi and it's just going to part back over and our continent will go into they said it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. So they have all these things predicted. And, you know, what if God just stepped back? I mean, it's not hard for me to read the book of Revelation or some of the things that Daniel says. It's not hard for me to read that now and see that, you know, yeah. Uh, Science is starting to confirm what God prophesied years ago. I'll tell you who knows about 800 years ago. God does. I mean, I read some stuff. He said 2,700 years ago in Amos, and they were coming to pass. God's not so much, he's not so concerned or worried about changing our circumstances. He wants to change us. Why are you so afraid, he says. Why are you so afraid? Because they had lack of faith. They put their faith in the wrong thing. 
They were looking other places. And I'm telling you, people, we need to examine ourselves. We've stepped into this time, as you know, I mentioned about uh, during the solar eclipse that we stepped into on God's calendar. The month of Elul is a time of reflecting and examining, and it leads up 40 days up to uh, the Day of Atonement of when everyone would con confess their sins. And, and uh, so there's a time of examining. And, you know, we're doing that, and we need to do that. And we need to take a look and see, you know, wait a minute, God, where am I? Am, am I kind of short on faith? Am I short on faith? I think that this is an opportunity for the rest of the nation to see how real people, Texans and real Christians, handle things. Amen? <laughs> real people. Um, not afraid to to pray with, with one another. Sandy and I got a chance yesterday to just take a break from cleaning and pushing stuff out of the way and let's, let's walk through the neighborhood. Man, there was more cars on our, on our street helping people and uh, neighbors helping neighbors and different things. And I was so excited about uh, Friday when a group came out to our house. We had over 20 people at one time at our house. And, and so I said, hey, you guys want to do something cool? I said, what? And I said, my neighbor's an atheist. And I said, I've, I've witnessed to him for 23 years. I've tried to help him out, different things like that. He's got mad when uh, my son brought his son over and we prayed and his son received Jesus. And he came and told me, if I want him to know anything about God, I'll tell him about God. I don't need you telling him anything about God. And you just, and keep him away. And some separation. Christian was about the age of their youngest daughter. And so same thing happened again about Oh, they, she doesn't ever heard about God. Oh, really? <laughs> and so they end up getting them out of the same class in school, you know, changing them so they wouldn't be in the same class. So, but I, you know, always go by, hey, can I help you out? And so, uh, I mean, we're cool is not, uh, not bad, but anyway, so I talked to him about the storm the other day, and, and so then I, I talked to him Friday, and uh, I said, man, can, what can we do to help you? No, oh, I got everything. I think I got everything out that I need out. Really? I said, man, I, that's amazing. I said, you're, you're pretty amazing. I said, we move stuff around, but I, I, I don't know what I'd do if, if these people hadn't showed up. I said, surely there's something we could do. And he said, well, I got some stuff on the front porch that could be moved out. I go, okay. And so that's what I told our gang, and they went over. Well, it was more than just a little bit of stuff. It was his entire flooring in the house and stuff like that. Man, our people moved all that stuff out to the to the street and cleaned all that up and ministered and... and uh, was letting some light shine. That's cool, you know. I mean, I thought, wow, what a deal. For 23 years, I've tried everything that there is. Uh, you know, I'm learning. I'm still learning how to witness. I'm, I'm, I don't claim to be the best. I know a little bit about it, and I've tried everything I can. <laughs> and, and I thought, wow, what a deal. One little storm come through and open up where some people can go over and show some love like that and be a greater witness than anything that you can ever say. We've got an awesome opportunity right now because, again, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And you can extend that right now. There is plenty of needs out there. Hallelujah. You know, um, I was praying when this thing was going on. Through Saturday night, I was praying, and it didn't look so bad. I mean, we'd had some things come through, and but it didn't look all that bad. And I thought, well, this is going to go down. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Saturday night looked like, okay, well, hey, we're we're past this, right? And then came Sunday. 
Sundays are coming. <laughs> they came Sunday. And, um, and you know, I, but through the night as I was praying, you know, it's like I kind of had this, I, I'm a visual person anyway, and it was kind of like I was seeing the, maybe it's because all I saw on television was radar. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, the radar and the storms. And, and I'm dreaming and I'm seeing radar, but it's like it was God's radar. And uh, I know I'm strange, but, but it's like his radar and it was sending back a turbulence that was building up in the spiritual arena. It would be almost like you had a 3D radar thing, and you could see all this turning down here, and here's Harvey, you know, spinning around in the Gulf. And then it's kind of like this 3D image that you look down, and here's the spiritual dimension, and the turbulence is spinning around in the spiritual arena. I'm like, whoa, what's up with that? And uh, through the night, you know, I began to see that heavenly radar, if you, if you would, and, and really heard these things in my spirit. I jotted them down. It said, these storms will be spiritual storms as well and will touch you, your family, and this church. I'm going, okay. Well, you know, every day we learn a little bit more about how much it touches you and, and your family and this church, right? And, um, you know, you're sitting here and chances are you, you've been caught in a storm, but not just this storm, not just Harvey, but you've been caught in a storm, a storm of life, a spiritual with spiritual impact. So many times we, even though we're overwhelmed in things and we we don't go through these every day, I mean we still kind of begin to learn how to respond in a storm, don't we? But sometimes these spiritual storms come and we don't know how to respond. We don't know what to do, and um, you know. When 2017 started, and we talked about that 17 was a number of victory, and that, you know, we were going to have things to, uh, this was going to be a year of victory, and then I remember specifically saying, but, you know, to have a victory, you have to come through something. <laughs> Y'all probably don't remember that. I remember it very well. And, uh, you know, was, boy, you know, well, thank God. I mean, we've had some great victories this year, right? And we're having some great victory right now, and we're going to continue to experience some great victory, but we'll look back at 2017 and say, wow, I mean, these are things that we'll remember forever. But it's a year of victory because we overcome these things. We overcome them, and we're coming through them. Um, but, you know, what about you? What about the spiritual storms? What about the things that maybe other people don't really see and that we keep hidden and we keep that radar kind of suppressed and, and nobody really knows about it, you know? Because it's like we don't know everything about all around the world. I heard that in India they had a flood as well. About the time we're having a flood and I think there was like a 1,600 people or something like that that got killed. I have to verify that and check that out. But I saw some parallels and thought, I wonder what's going on in the rest of the world, you know, outside of Texas which isn't much outside of Texas, but, <laughs> but you know, um, we're not, we don't really, we're not aware of those things. And see, your neighbor next to you might be having the greatest spiritual storm in their life, and we might not even know how they are being impacted. Storms can hit suddenly. That's what this, how this text starts out, you know. It's, uh, you know, without warning. Ever had one of those? Without warning, storms, they can hit suddenly, unexpectedly, and sometimes violently, like we see in the text here. A furious storm comes up. I mean, these guys knew how to handle things on, on the lake, but this was so furious. You know, you might know how to handle a lot of stuff, but there's storms that can come into your life and 
possibly great possibility that will come into your life that can be very violent, very sudden, very unexpected. And, um, you know, they come in different categories. You know, they can come in the form of, what are you talking about? You don't know anything about this. I've been having this affair for six months. I told you six months ago I didn't love you. Wow, that's a little violent, you know. A storm like that sets off, and that'll change your day. <laughs> that'll change your week. That'll change your month. That changes your life. You know, storms, it could be a miscarriage. All your hopes and everything are all pushed in this direction for this child, and then all of a sudden things change. Death of a loved one. It can be, even when it's expected, it still hurts and breaks your heart, but those that come unexpectedly, violently, and they hit. Business failure. You know, uh, sons and daughters that reach that age and decide, you don't know nothing. I know everything. I'm going to do my thing. And there's that rebellion. Loss of a job. Maybe you thought you had it secure. You know, hey, I'm set. I got this one. And then all of a sudden things change. Relationship problems, all those things, storms, storms. So we're seeing a storm right now, and uh, we're working through it. But, you know, why is it that we're so open to somebody coming and helping us in this storm? You know, hey, man, how, how are you making it? Can I help you out with it? Well, we're doing okay. Well, yeah, I'll take some water if you got it, whatever, you know. I mean, it's like, well, this is awesome. Thank you for checking on me. But if I come up and say, you know, wait, how, how's your marriage going now? It's like, well, don't you, what are you talking about? Don't be checking in my business. Don't be getting down in my Kool-Aid now, you know. That's, that's my business. Or we might not say anything. Well, it's fine. But we get mad and resent that they ask anything. And, or they're talking about how great their relationship is with their spouse, and then you're thinking, you know, they're just saying that because they know I'm having a hard time that I'm going through all this stuff in my marriage, right? And we, we start to resent that. And so it's okay that we see people checking on us in, the, in this storm in Harvey, but when somebody comes up to you and checks on you in your spiritual storm, do you get mad at them? Come on, don't get mad at us when we're just checking. We're not... Not pride. Now I know that there's some people that ju they just want to, you know, they do want to get in your Kool-Aid, and we pray that God deals with them. <laughs> that God deals with them, and you know who they are anyway, right? But don't put us all in that jug, you know. Uh, open up and let somebody help you. Find somebody to help in these particular times. I. I put this one quote down, this one lady, uh, she was being interviewed and she said, it's amazing how one day you can be going along smoothly and the next day three words from the doctor's lips, you got cancer, suddenly changes everything. You thought it was going to be about the, the other storm, didn't you? But they were interviewing her and she said, you know, just three words, you've got cancer. That's like walking out or getting out of your bed in the middle of the night and going... Whoa, that's cold. <laughs> I mean, he did that. That's a, that's a funny feeling, isn't it? I never, I've heard people talk about that. But, yeah, Sunday night, was it? Yeah, Sunday night before Monday morning. Splash. Whoa, what is going on? That's a little cold. Wow. These storms, these spiritual storms, they come in various forms. And uh, 
a lot of times, you know, the results are similar, even though they take all these different categories and stuff like that. You know, you, when it first happens, you get that empty feeling inside. You get that sick feeling inside in the pit of your stomach, and you just, like, you just can't believe that it's happening, and you feel hopeless, and you feel like your world is caving in. Be careful. You have little faith. Why are you so afraid? That's what Jesus said. I remember <laughs> stepping out of bed <laughs> into that cold water, and I go, oh, my, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, <laughs> what's, what's going on? I can't believe this, you know, what's going on? And, and I kind of get that sick feeling of thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, all, all of what you got to do. I mean, you know, you just think about all the stuff you got to do to move and all this. And I got this sick, sick feeling, and here's what I heard. You have a little faith. Why are you so afraid? I go, well, hmm, okay, Lord. <laughs> Let me pull my leg back up in bed again. <laughs> Wipe that cold water off and, and let me, I'm going to try this again. Thank you, Lord, that you're watching over me. <laughs> it's not the water. It's not the house in the water. It's the water in the house or, well, no, it's really not that. It's as long as Jesus is in my boat, is Jesus in the house? One of the interesting things we found in the flood was we were pulling out stuff. I think Wade found it when he was over there and pulled out this thing and said, did you know this was back there? And it was a picture of Noah <laughs> in the flood. <laughs> I was like, well, that, hmm, that's appropriate. <laughs> Turn to the 46th Psalm. The 46th Psalm, I think, is, tells us a little bit on how to weather the storm. So the application is twofold here. This storm that we're going through, but also storms. Chances are you were in the midst of a storm before Harvey ever hit. Odds are you might be facing a storm tomorrow and you don't know it. So whether you think that this is appropriate or if it's uh, timely, I'd suggest that you pay attention because you never know. Suddenly. See, I think about those disciples so much. We, we got this down, man. We're professionals. We, we're on the lake every day. Did it catch them off guard? For by the time you think you know everything about stuff like that, suddenly, you know, without warning, a violent storm came. The 46th Psalm, are you there? The psalmist says, God is our refuge and strength. We can stop right there and let that sink in. God is our refuge and strength. Where are you going to run to? I go to the rock. <laughs> I go to the rock, Christ Jesus. He is our refuge and he's our strength. I don't know if I can make it or not. When you feel overwhelmed, you know, we did, I don't know how many mud outs we did during Hurricane Ike and walked into houses that were just devastated. And, we, you know, we, you, you just go in and you start removing stuff and you take all the, you know, and you just deal with it. When it's your own house, you're like, well, where do I start? Where do I start? Because you might have a little note that you wrote that's on top of the dresser. And you're like, now where am I going to put that so I can find it later on? And, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It just seems to be overwhelming. And so you think, I don't have the strength for this. But God says, uh, or the psalmist says, God is our refuge 
and our strength. Let somebody else go in there and clean that out. <laughs> You'll never see it. You'll never miss it. God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in what? Oh, no way. Really? Trouble? Are we supposed to have? But I thought I'm a Christian. I'm not supposed to have trouble. Really? Hmm. Wow. An ever-present help and trouble. But he's asleep. You ever feel like God's asleep? You know, you're in a storm and the water's coming in the boat. And like, where is God when I need him? When you have that storm of life, that spiritual storm that's overwhelming you, maybe it was those three words that you've got cancer and you're thinking, where's God when I need him now? He's asleep in the boat. He's taking, I think I can hear him snoring over there. What's up with that? You know, he doesn't even care about me. When I'm going through trouble, he doesn't even care. And I'm sure that's what the disciples are thinking. Lord, don't you even care that we perish? And I'm, I'm sure they were, they said that with fear, but they also said it. I think they were like, you know, like they were upset. Don't you even care that we perish? And he's like, wait a minute, you get an attitude with me? <laughs> you know, you have little faith. Where's your faith? What are you so afraid about? And I think he turned around and took his frustration out on the storm. That's why he better be glad they didn't, he didn't speak to them like that. I think he turned around and he spoke to the storm and that violent wind and waves, it was so much just in his, in that, that tone that he had that it had to cease. They better be glad that he didn't look directly at them and speak back to them. Wow. I mean, you ever think about it? Good thing I ain't Jesus. <laughs> I'd have been right back at him. What are you talking about? You know, what are you getting all upset at me about? Wow, but we have this problem and it hits and we want to be mad at somebody because we're hurting. We don't know what to do. We don't know where to turn. We don't know what's going to happen next. How are we going to handle this? And somebody needs to pay for this. Somebody. I'm, I'm frustrated and we unleash our fear, our anxiety really is what it is. The anxiety, the stress that is coming because of this announcement, this storm that's there and we release that and most of the times it's to God. You know, so he says, uh, God is our refuge. The psalmist says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Ever-present. He's, even though you think he's sleeping, he's, he's present. He's there. He's in your boat. Therefore, everybody say therefore. And anytime you see therefore in the scripture, you're supposed to see, you're supposed to look and see what it's there for, right? Therefore, so it goes back to the point of he's an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, since he's an ever-present help in trouble, we will not fear. So evidently, then the disciples, since they were full of fear, they weren't realizing that he was an ever-present help in their trouble. And that's what made him upset. What's up with you? I've been with you. You've seen everything that I'm doing. You've seen all this stuff. And now then you're full of fear? That just means that you don't really trust me. That's why he was upset. I love the anointing because a while ago I couldn't even walk on this ankle, and now, you know, it doesn't even hurt. <laughs> but he says, you know, he's an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore... Therefore, that's what we need to say. Therefore, we will not fear. So when I climb back in bed and pull my little feet out of that cold water and try to wipe them off, I got back in there and I was thinking, okay, don't want to upset God right now. <laughs> Can't do that when there's water in your house. The person you do not want to upset <laughs> next to Sandy is God. You don't want to upset him, you know. So... I thought, okay, so I thought, all right, well, therefore, 
I'm like, well, God, you're my strength. You're my help. You're all, you didn't, this didn't catch you off guard. We already talked about this. You know what's happening. This is your house. This is your stuff. Well, not all of it. I know you, you want me to get rid of my stuff. But <laughs> I can't blame him for all that junk, <laughs> you know, that's around there. But, you know, you're aware of this. Therefore, I'll not be afraid. We will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and mountains quake with their sur surging. And he says, Selah. In other words, stop just a second and think about that <laughs> and give God praise. The, the scholars can't figure out that word. They really can't figure out the definite meaning to it. Some say that it means it's just a, stop and praise God. Okay. That's a good place to stop and praise God when he says, you know, that though the earth quake and give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the water roar and, and foam and the mountains quake in their surging, let's just stop for a second and praise God that when all of that's happening, he's still God. He's an ever-present help in my time of need. <laughs> David just steps back and says, now think about that. Selah. We need to use that more often. Let's just stop here for just for a second and, and praise him. Wow. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. He's talking about, wait a minute, there's a place far higher than this. The holy of holies. God's throne is above all this stuff. He rules and reigns. He is almighty God. He's an ever-present help in my time of need. Who am I to fear? What am I to fear? What am I to dread? I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. Betty, you've played that song many times, I'm sure. Leaning on the everlasting arms that are always there. My help, my fortress. Selah. <laughs> Think about it. Praising. Wow. Nations are in uproar. You think? Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. That's who we serve. Verse 7. The Lord Almighty is with us. Don't forget who's in your boat. Don't forget who's in your boat. Storms come. Well, why is this coming to me? Why is it happening to me? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, mark it down, turn over there and fold a page or Put one of those little electronic things there. Matthew 5, 45. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. It's going to come. It's going to happen. It's going to rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. My house is here. There's a little space of property there's a driveway, and my neighbor's house is here. Now, I'm not saying he's evil. I'm just saying if he's not a believer, the Bible says he's unrighteous. Right? So it's raining here on me. And when I looked out, it was raining there. <laughs> In fact, it was raining everywhere. 
It rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. It's going to happen. And it says, so verse 7, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And then he says it again, Selah. Hey, think about this. You ought to praise him again. He's our fortress. Wow. The Lord Almighty is how he clarifies it. Almighty, more powerful than anything else. Verse 8, come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. This is what he says. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Selah also means preacher, take a drink of water. <laughs> now, you know the number 711. Some people think those are lucky numbers. Right here, they're, they link together because verse 11 says it's about the same thing as verse 7 does because it says, the Lord Almighty is with us. In case you missed it the first time around, the Lord Almighty. No, I didn't say just the Lord puny. <laughs> He's almighty. He's El Shaddai, not El Chipo. He is almighty God. That's who we're talking about here. The Lord Almighty is with you, is with us, with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And he says it again, Selah. You got to think about this. When the storms are raging, when the storms of life are coming against you, when you get that bad report, when you get that threat that you're going to lose your job, when your child turns around and, and ain't acting like your child and, or whatever it is, just have a sea law. <laughs> now, that ain't no drink. <laughs> Y'all, I know you're, you think, it come, what kind of cup does that come in? But no, that's when you sit back and, and, and you drink from him, you know, the, the, the living water. That's what Jesus said. You know, he told that woman there when he said, you need a drink of the living water. You need to get a little drink of me. The Lord Almighty is with us. God's with us. You know, there's some lessons that we can learn from these storms. And I'm going to share one, and then we're going to stop. And we may or may not talk about this later, but there's a whole lot more. There's some good stuff here of what God wants to tell us, not just about Harvey. My dad's name was Harvey, by the way. Wow. Yeah. I might have seen some of this fury before. <laughs> When little side here, <laughs> when I was a kid, we got a whipping, or as they say in the South, a whooping <laughs> with a razor strap. Now, when my when my mom was dividing up all the stuff and giving it to all the kids, my sisters, oh, I want the razor strap. You would, and then she looks at me, would you want? That? I said, hey, you know, don't even get close to that thing. Are you kidding? <laughs> I don't want that thing. Are you kidding me? I'd already been. I'd had my close encounter many times, but. But I'm not talking just about Harvey here. I'm talking about storms of life. See, we'll get over this. We're going to make it. Uh, God bless Texas. Amen. But we're going to make it through this. And we're going to come out of this thing better than we were going into it. But I'm talking about the storms of life. And you parallel some things. What you're learning in the natural realm, God wants to multiply it in the spiritual realm. And we need to learn some things because 
The first thing that we can learn from storms and the first thing, you can write this down. I don't care about the people that predict from 800 years storms. You can put this down. You can count on it. This is what you learn from a storm, that storms will come. Storms will come. And again, like Jesus said, on the righteous and the unrighteous. Because sometimes we think, well, what did I do wrong? What are we? And somebody up there prophesying, saying how bad Texas is and God's getting, huh? Nah, he knew we were the only ones that could handle this. Are you kidding me? They don't know how much we love this, we love America, that we just took all of this and saved them from it. Bring a high pressure down this way, bring a high pressure up this way and sandwich that big old storm right in the middle of it. Yeah, you know what? I ain't looking for it. I don't want it. But if it comes, we'll handle it. Spare the rest of them. You know, I think God said, you know what? I know if it's got to come, if it's got to come, then the only people who can handle this is right there. Wow, what a deal. So, all right, Lord, thank you. And the thing is, is even he says, and don't worry because I got your back. I got your back. Amen, amen. And he says, Selah, think about this for a second. I'm the Lord Almighty. I'm going to help you out on this thing. But storms will come. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, Peter says, Dear friends, <laughs> I've learned one thing also about the Bible. When somebody starts out saying, Dear friends, get ready, because they're going to say something. <laughs> that's that's kind of hard later on. Dear friends, he says, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. Don't be surprised at this trial as though something strange were happening, because it's going to happen. Storms are going to happen, and not just the hurricane, but storms of life. They're going to happen. You know, there's uh, a lot of people who don't understand this, but that's just the way it is. Storms happen, things happen. And you know what? If no other reason to turn your life over to God, that ought to be the reason right there. Because storms are going to happen in life. And when they do, man, you better want Jesus in your boat. I'm going to pause there and we're going to pray. And then we're going to go back to cleaning out, mucking out, and whatever else, and helping somebody. But people... If somebody comes up to you and starts talking about how bad the storm is, yeah, that's right, man. I mean, look, you have made it. The worst that could happen, you made it. When we first moved down here, well, I guess it was our second tour of duty, but it was like around maybe 89 or something when they had some snow. I don't know if it was 87, 88, or 89. Anyway, we were going down to Galveston to visit somebody in John Seeley Hospital. Now, we're moving from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and in, the, in that particular region, when it, in wintertime, you always get ice first. And a lot of times if snow comes, it comes on top of the ice. We get things called black ice, which means it's, that the, the uh, asphalt is transparent. You've got to watch out. How many of you know you've lived in places where ice storms come? Ice, it's bad stuff. And so you learn how to drive, you know, and you learn how to handle these slippery roads and because then the snow comes on top of that and it's it's fun I think I love to drive in this stuff you know they're talking about what are those guys that drive and they drifters man we 
were doing that. We'd go into parking lot, mall parking lots when nobody was around because it's storming. Man, we're just we're drifting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're having fun, you know. <laughs> but so we're on our way to John Seeley. I didn't forget where I was. We're on our way to John Seeley back down here in Texas. And they got the, the causeway blocked off. And there's a county deputy out there, you know. And so I said, I pull up and roll the window down and says, we need to get over to the island. We need to go to John City Hospital. Oh, this, the causeway, the bridge is closed. I said, really? Yeah, it's just bad weather. It looked like talcum powder blowing across the bridge. I'm going, okay. And he says, I said, well, we really need to go visit people and pray with them. And he well, you'd have to drive at your own risk. I said, okay. <laughs> All right. We go across, and I mean, I don't even know if there were spots of ice or not. I, I really don't know. It didn't seem like it. We go to the hospital, do our thing, go back home. Next day, the paper comes out, and it's this big headlines, worst storm in century. And I looked at Sandy. I says, honey, we got it made. <laughs> we have got it made. <laughs> we done made it through the worst that has ever happened in a century, and it was nothing. So I'm looking at you. I'm telling you, you have made it. You ought to be glad. You are a victor. You're a victor. When you wake up from a, and you're laying on a hospital bed in a recovery room and you wake up and I usually shout out, yeah. What, what's wrong? I made it. <laughs> I made it. Amen. Storms of life, they're going to come. So be prepared and make sure Jesus is in your boat. God's in your boat. He's the one that we lean to. And so for no other reason than this, when somebody comes up and they start talking about and asking you how you're doing and everything like that, just make sure that you find some way in there to, to encourage them that, you know what? This ain't the last storm we're going to get down here. We live on the Gulf Coast. This ain't the last storm that's going to come this way. You really think so? Oh, yeah, I know that. Let me ask you, can I ask you a question? Sure. You got God on your side? Is Jesus in your boat? You know how I can make it through this storm? I know God's with me. And he loves me. He cares about me. He's with me. Now, I told my neighbor that when the water first started to rise and we were out checking water in the driveway, I said, man, well, I said, you know, this is the worst I've seen it. I said, it could get, what they're saying, it could get worse. Yeah, I know. I don't know what we're going to do. I said, well, one thing I know for sure, and I wasn't saying this sarcastic, I was trying to, I said, I know God's with me and he's going to take care of me. When 20 people show up in my house on Friday and he's standing out there by himself looking, you know what he knew? God was on my side. <laughs> Amen. But that God don't just care about just me, but God cares enough even about him that he go over and move his trash out to the street too and take care of him. Amen. People, we've got a wonderful opportunity to minister to people. If we don't do something with the opportunity that's fallen into our laps to win people to the Lord, to witness to them. Now, you're not held accountable for the results, but just for the opportunity. If we don't make the best of this opportunity, we will have to give an account for it one day. 
So we're going to pray again, because not just because the president asked us to, and I'm thankful for that, but because God's told us to, and not so much crying out as victims, but praising him and shouting out because we're victors. Amen? That in the midst of the storm, we can give him praise and know that God is on my side. Amen? Will you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. Father, as we read your word in the 46th Psalm, we see that there's trouble. But you are our refuge and strength, our ever-present help in the trouble. Therefore, therefore, since you are our ever-present help in times of trouble, we will not fear. Father, help us declare that by faith now. Help us prophesy to our future and to future storms. I will not fear, for God is on my side. The Lord Almighty is with me. Just say that. The Lord Almighty is with me. Though its waters roar and foam and mountains quake with their surging God, we're going to think about praising you when all that's happening. We're going to take a selah. And think about that there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy place where the most high dwells, where you are. There is a, there is a river that flows right through from your throne. It's a river of provision that comes from you. Thank you that we can say that you are with us. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. But the Lord Almighty is with us. You are our fortress. Lord, your word says, it gives us an invitation. It says, come and see the works of the Lord. Let us lift up our heads and, and rejoice. Come, let us come and see the works of the Lord. The disciples should have seen your work all that week, all that day. You were working miraculously. And the first time that, some, that a storm came, they were fearful. And they weren't seeing you as the Lord Almighty in the time of trouble. They didn't know what to do. And that's why you rebuked them. Father, help us to fix our eyes upon you. And as your word says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. You author it, you finish it, you perfect it for the situation and circumstance, for the trouble that we are in. You author faith for us specifically for that time. Lord, we can be sure that all of us are going to face some major calamity in our lives sooner or later. It just happens. The rains fall on the righteous and the unrighteous. It happens. It's not a question of if. It's really a question of when. And so, Father, we 
should know that the storms will come. And because we know that today, we invite you into our life, every aspect of our life, and we just release our trust in you. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, nobody looking around, if you're doing that for the first time, if you're really just saying, Father, I, I want you in my boat. I want you in my life. I open up myself to you. I declare that you are the Lord Almighty. I receive Jesus. And you're believing in your heart right now that he's the Son of God. Why don't you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I'm just trusting Jesus right now for the first time. I'm receiving him as my Lord and Savior. I know that I know that I know that no matter what happens, he is my refuge. I've got an eternal home with him. I, I, I got an invitation to that most holy place where there's a river there that flows through that city, and I'm going to be there. Just like the psalmist said, I receive him as my Savior. Amen, amen, amen. Anybody else? You're just saying, I receive Jesus today. Maybe you know that you, you're a Christian. Maybe you've received him, but maybe you've felt like that maybe your faith level just isn't up to the top. It's just not there. And you openly admit, yeah, I, I'm right there with the disciples. Man, I'm right there with them. Uh, I got to admit, I've had some fear. I, I didn't look to the Lord first, but I want to. And right now, I am fully assured that he is the Lord Almighty, and he is with me. He's my fortress. He's my strong tower. I will not be afraid. I'm going to put my trust in him. If you're just renewing your trust in the Lord today and just confirming it, and just praising him, why don't you raise your hand to him today and say, Father, I thank you that you are my God. I thank you that I find refuge in you through the Lord Jesus Christ who bought and paid for me and made me an heir and a joint heir. Father, we just renew our trust in you. Thank you that no matter what comes our way, that we can always trust you. The sun always comes up in the east. It's always going to set in the west. You're always on your throne. Nothing can shake you off of your throne. You always move in our life. You are always our fortress and our strong tower. In you will I trust. We give you praise. Give you praise. Hallelujah. If you're doing that, give him praise this morning. Come on, give him a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Well, I just want to release a blessing upon you today as you go forth. And I want you to shake somebody's hand, hug their neck, find out if there's something that, that we can do for whoever else. If you've got some difficulties, some challenges, hey, let's have some fellowship together, right? It's, uh, it can be fun. It really can be. I know, shoveling and, and all that stuff, but it can be fun, right? 
So, uh, but let's, let's, let's just, Father, I thank you today that we are blessed when we come in, we're blessed when we go. I thank you, Father, that you rest upon us, and Father, that your blessings that you have promised, Father, they're ours. I release them upon your people. Father, we're blessed to be a blessing. Father, help us to be able to impart your love and your comfort to others that we come in contact with. Father, that we can express our confidence in, in you. And, Father, that someone will put their trust in you. So, Father, we go out of this place to be witnesses for you, each one to reach one. And, Father, we're going to give you thanks for the opportunity to impact somebody's life for you and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. God bless you.